This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, A People's History. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, A People's History is now streaming on Hulu. Hello and welcome to Car Talk on National Public Radio with us, Click and Clack, the Tappet Brothers. And we're broadcasting this week from the Turkey Division here at Car Talk Plaza. Quite appropriately, I might add. Well, every year around Thanksgiving time, we give out a turkey award for the person we deem to be the biggest turkey of the year. How many years in a row did you get it? (laughs) (laughs) I was all alone for about 12 years. (laughs) Now, in years past, it's gone to such luminaries as Roger Smith. Actually, he swept it from 83 to 89 (laughs) for single-handedly dropping GM's market share, like 15 points over that period of time. Yeah. And Uh, for which he's only getting like $10 million a year for retirement. (laughs) Retirement severance or whatever. Our buddy Lee Iacocca picked up a turkey a few years back for having an entire car company that only sold one car. (laughs) Well disguised, but they still had only one car. Right. And this year, we had a tough choice to make. Iacocca was up for it again after attempting a hostile takeover of his old company, <laughs> not realizing that the doorknob had hit him pretty hard in the butt the first time he left. <laughs> And the woman who tried to arrest Dougie for drinking a cup of Starbucks on the Washington, D.C. Metro got a couple of votes. No, no, I was not in favor of her at all. For not managing to apprehend him. But this year's winner, yeah. this year's Car Talk Turkey, is none other than Massachusetts' own illustrious governor, William Weld. Otherwise, a pretty decent guy, and by all accounts, he lives here in our fair city, as a matter of fact. But he recently came up with a cost-cutting plan that includes, you ready for this? Yeah. Abolishing the registry of motor vehicles and giving lifetime driver's licenses. (laughs) I mean, what is he thinking? You know why? He doesn't drive. He doesn't realize how many people are out there on the road who shouldn't be out there on the road and he, he gets his limo to carry him back and forth to, where is he? The, what is he, the governor? So he goes to the, the state house every day from his beautiful house in beautiful Harvard Square. And he thinks it's, oh, you give people a lifetime license? I mean, people shouldn't have a license for even six weeks. Lifetime, so if your leg falls off or you go blind, keep driving, says Bill. I hope they drive by your house, Bill. <laughs> I mean, where is his brain? Well, if there were one argument against, against his recommendation... There is just, one country I just, that I know of that does give lifetime. One one cogent argument I meant. Yeah. Oh, you. Grant. <laughs> yeah. There's one country that I know of that gives lifetime licenses, and and if they do it, it means that you shouldn't. And the country is France. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. You figure it out, Bill. You figure it out. Do I get to read a letter here? Oh, sure. Right. right. Why not? Dear Click and Clack, although I should be grading my art history exams. Oh, another art history. Hey, they're <laughs> malcontent. People, they're people too, you know. <laughs> I'm instead writing to ask, ask respectively that you cease your relentless bashing. Oh, respectively or respectfully? Respectfully. Oh, what, okay. what did I say? Respectively, but that's Res- all right. To ask we, can, we can do it respectively too. That you cease your relentless bashing of art history and art historians. As I was listening to you today while driving home after grocery shopping, I heard your comment to Sally in Chapel Hill. This must have been months ago. 
letter is dated October. Oh, that's not too long ago. In which you sneered at both art history and library science. 93, October 93. <laughs> 93. This was mild, however, compared to your tirade a few months ago when the caller was a young woman getting a master's degree in art history. Yeah, I, I admit to all of this. My intent is not only to chastise you for your unkind attitude, as many of my colleagues in the profession must already have done. Yes, they have. But also to enlighten you about the usefulness of studying the history of art. Now, can you believe... I, I'm ready. Can you I'm, believe I this am, guy's going to do this? I am prepared to be enlightened. Billy Fisher, this is, of Kalamazoo College in where? Kalamazoo, Michigan. Yes. Billy. Now, that could be male or female, couldn't it? Not 15 minutes before your program today, I had purchased a pomegranate. This is going to be weak. To show my students at Kalamazoo College, who had taken an exam on Friday, in which they had to write about a painting by Fra Filippo Lippi. Remember him? It shows a Madonna and child holding what? A pomegranate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when I was picking out the pomegranate at the store, a nice retired couple asked me what in the world that was. So I told them. And knowing they would surely be interested, I explained its symbolism at some length. Pluto, or Hades, god of the underworld, had abducted Persephone. Remember her? Yes. Goddess of spring. I dated her in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Goddess of spring to be his bride. But she was miserable down below. Not, that, not in a physical sense, but in a Hades sense. And the earth grew barren because her mother, Demeter. Demeter? Demeter. 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 The goddess of what? Corn. Wheat. Oh, corn. Corn. <laughs> I mean, there was no shortage of goddesses. Oh, yeah. Corn. Well, they ran out after a while. I mean, is there it? a goddess of Dodge Darts? <laughs> Her mother was grieving. Persephone was finally allowed to come back to the earth, but because she had eaten some pomegranate seeds while in the underworld, she had to return there for a few months each year, which is why we have fall and winter. Oh, that's not the version I heard. Therefore, the pomegranate became a symbol of resurrection to the church, and it has other visual meanings as well. The many seeds inside stand for the many souls within the church. The red juice is like the wine of the mass and so on. This is really good. I submit to you that this example shows the fascinating trivia known to people who study, what, art, art history. history. Finally... To reply to your earlier disparaging comment that studying art history will never get anyone a job, I'm sure that many of my students have. And when I think of one, I'll send it to you. <laughs> Billy Fisher, Kalamazoo College. Kalam well, I mean, I thought I should at least air the opposing view. Exactly. So those of you who didn't know the history of the, of the pomegranate now know it. Our I want to know Does it how, all have to how soon after he, he launched into his explanation did those two people nod off. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way he said, <laughs> well, <laughs> I told them, knowing that they would surely be interested, I explained its symbolism at some length. Can you just imagine bumping into this guy in the supermarket? Hey, what the hell is that in your shopping cart? Oh, let me explain to you about Demeter and Persephone. <laughs> yeah, sure, I get lost. <laughs> if you want to call us about your car, our number is 1-800-332-9287. And Art, history majors are welcome. <laughs> Hello, you're on Car Talk. This is Romeo. Romeo, Romeo, Romeo wherefore art thou? Wherefore art thou, Romeo? Art thou in uh, Albuquerque. Albuquerque. Yeah, New yeah. Mexico. Yeah, so what's up? Uh, not much. I, I have a question about my car. I wait, wait, a... wait, wait. Is your name really Romeo? Yes, sir. No kidding. Are you of Italian extraction or Spanish? <laughs> I'm Spanish. Spanish. Really? Actually, I'm Mexican. I can't can't say I'm Spanish. And how do they put? It's not pronounced Romeo. Romeo. It's Romeo. Yeah, it's, Romeo. It's pronounced Romeo. Uh huh. In Spanish, <laughs> because in Italian it's Romeo. 
Oh, really? Yeah, okay, like sure. Alfa Romeo. <laughs> yeah. That's a great name. It's not very common. Is it common in Mexico? No, not really. It's, it's I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a nickname? Do I have a nickname? Yeah. Uh, no. No, just call me Romeo. Really? That's, that's nice. That's nice. It's, it's like refreshing it. to find someone whose name is used in its entirety. Yeah. <laughs> well, some, some names don't lend themselves to nicknames at all, like Nick. <laughs> Nick. <laughs> what are you gonna call him? Nick? Oh, you can say Nick without the K. Right. Well, yeah. I tell you what. Try growing up with a name like Romeo. <laughs> yeah. No. No thanks. Like, like you know, like the boy named Sue. You know. Yeah, how many fights did you have? <laughs> <laughs> well, I got beat up a lot as a kid, but it makes it tough. Makes it tough. Makes it tough. <laughs> All right. So what's up, Romeo? Well, I have a '66 Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme, yeah. and uh, well, you know, it, right now it's running on. Um, let's see, one. Instead of two, it's only running on one, um, what we call down here, huevo. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, see, me and my friend, uh, we had it parked, and we were, you know, tinkering around with it, trying to just fix up a couple of the loose ends, and we took it out, and we were horse-beating it, and, you know, we peeled out a couple of times, like, for one time we peeled out for, like, two blocks, and then one time we peeled out through an intersection, and then I, I, we, we pull it into my garage again, we like just back it up all casually, and it starts clicking like we threw a rod or something. And um, You were really beating this thing. The huh? engine oh, starts yeah. clicking. Yeah, it's a muscle car, you know? What, what can sure. you do? Not, it sounds like an anemic <laughs> car right now. <laughs> well, yeah, so it started clicking, and we, you know, I, we look, kind of looked at each other and gave a really distressed look, you know, because we said, oh, man, that's going to oh, cost man, a lot of money. Oh, man, what did we do now? <laughs> right. And so we backed it up, and, you know, we parked it for a while and said, well, we'll get to that when we have time. And, uh, well, when we started it up again the next time, it, it uh, started fine. There was no... Um, no clicking. No clicking. And, but ever since then, you know, the, the thrill's not there. It's not even worth peeling out anymore. It's like, man, well... Why? Because you're afraid you're going to repeat this... Well, not really. No, it that. doesn't have I mean, a, it doesn't have any guts anymore. Exactly, it's it's just the thrill is gone. Yeah, and did you and does it run lousy at idle as well? Or Actually, did it, always? it idles pretty well. It sounds really good, but, but it uh, doesn't have any power. No power. And mm. I, and someone told me that it might be a lifter because, like, I guess it was parked for a while. But then uh, someone else told me it could be the timing belt. Now I'm not really sure because I don't know. You know. Well, it doesn't. Oh. It doesn't have a belt. It has, it has a, a chain. chain, and I like the timing chain. There you theory. go. Well, I, I, I don't particularly. Uh, usually, once the timing chain begins to go, it's a, it's a rapid slide downhill. And in other words, if you've jumped that chain mm-hmm. one, one notch, uh, it, it's probably going to jump two or three or four notches within a, a few hours of, of running. Oh, but well, it depends on how you drive, though. If well, take they... it out and, and drive the hell out of it again. I mean, if the timing chain is gone... If, if you did d- jump the chain, it means it's loose enough to jump. And uh-huh. if you f- do what you were doing, whatever the hell you were doing, you and your buddy there, Juliet... Uh, you, I know what they were doing. They were repaving the roads in Albuquerque with rubber. <laughs> and gasoline coming out the tailpipe. And if that's the case, this thing will jump about four more teeth. And stop And running. it won't start. Well, uh-huh. if you don't want to do that, here's what you do. Do you have a timing light? You sure do. Put the timing light on. Does he have a timing light? Of and see if they the ignition do. timing is still right on. If it is, then you didn't jump the chain. Okay. Okay. And, and you, but you could have collapsed the lifter. Oh man. But but if you did, you'd probably still be hearing the noise. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah. So if the noise is completely gone, it runs very smoothly at idle. Yes, I sir. I suspect it's something a little less severe. Oh, and that's I'm gonna, good. And I'm going to recommend that you have 
I, uh, 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 to do something here. You have to take the spark plugs out, and you're going to find that one of them is fouled. Oh, you yeah. think it's running on eight cylinders, but it isn't. Uh-huh. You say it runs pretty well at idle, but it doesn't run perfectly, does it? No, not really. Yeah, not really. It's still, it kind of, I guess, drags. Is that the word when you give it a little gas? Well, no. When you uh, Is it automatic? Yeah, sure. When you put it in drive, is, is there a little shake to the engine? A little bit, some, but 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 not much. Not much. Just enough to, to let you know that you're running on seven cylinders instead of eight. Yeah, and probably. You, yeah. yeah. And I think that would that would account for everything. That would, would account, account for the, that the small loss of power. Uh huh. And and would account for the fact that uh, it runs rough. Yeah. Which is the only which are the only two things which constitute I mean, everything. I mean, when you try to really accelerate hard, if you have ever tried that since this happened, accelerate does the whole really? engine shake? No, I bet it pops back through the carburetor. Uh, if you really stomp on it. Sure. Poo, poo. Yes. Um, no, I, mean, I guess it, it runs oh. all right. It just takes a while to get up there, you know, and the speed. It's... Oh, it's the timing chain then. You think so? I, I think it's the timing chain. No, well, it could be. Put the timing Check light the on timing. it. Then pull, if that's the timing's all right, pull the plugs out. You'll find a couple of them fouled. If you're yeah. lucky. Put some I new... bet you they've never been changed. I haven't changed them since I got them. So. And you got the car when you were in high school, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just about. It's a pretty old car. Good luck. All right, thanks a lot. You guys really uh, do good work. Check the timing and check the spark plugs. Okay, have good. a good one. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, hey, the Puzzler Answer and more calls are coming up right after this. This message comes from NPR sponsor Discover. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Support for NPR and the following message come from the American Cancer Society. Dr. Alpa Patel leads a team that researches cancer risk factors, and she shares how her team makes an impact. We always do what we like to think of as actionable science. So the work that we do makes its way to things like nutrition and physical activity guidelines for cancer.org, where millions of people come each year to learn about how they can better prevent cancer. To learn more, go to cancer.org. This message comes from NPR sponsor Progressive, and it's Name Your Price Tool. Say how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show coverage options within your budget. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, here are your hints to help you remember last week's puzzler. It was a racing story of two Italian legends. I remember it! <laughs> Scappolini! Schipolini! There you go. Scipoloni! I stole this from somebody named Gene Miro, I think. Yeah. I've, of course, supplied the requisite car talk, touch of obfuscation, reformation, and lying when necessary. Yeah, okay. The legendary Grand Prix race car driver, Neil the Real Deal Scalapini. <laughs> That's him, I remember. <laughs> 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 have been facing the same nightmare race after race. Do all race. Italians have to have nicknames? Yeah, like Cadillac Frank Salemi and all the guys. Yeah, Frank the Rifleman and all. Oh yeah, yeah. You have to have a nickname. Okay, what's your nickname? <laughs> Not repeatable. <laughs> Raymond the Chuchman. <laughs> <laughs> his crew would work night and day fine-tuning his sleek black mozzarella GT race car, but no amount of mechanical skill or driving courage could make the nightmare go away. 
Anyway, in every race, he would find himself just a few inches behind the car of his arch nemesis, Cristoforo Crusty Crostini, unable to slip by him. One day, as Neil, the real deal, Scalopini, <laughs> was chasing Crusty on the 50th lap, he was astonished to find himself pulling even with his rival sinister V13 roadster. <laughs> Mamma mia, he murmured to himself, his heart in his throat. A few seconds later, Crustini was in his rearview mirror. <gasps> He'd passed him. Wow. At that moment, some instinct forced him to look down. Oh, shucks, he said. Right, he sure <laughs> did. <laughs> oh, shucks. As he realized the need for an immediate pit stop. Haircut? No. No. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it had nothing to do with needing a haircut. No. What he had seen at that moment caused him to pull into the pit and, of course, lose the race. So after this momentary, after this moment of jubilation, yeah. it was dashed when he looked down. And what did he see when he looked down? The answer. What he noticed when he looked down and what he looked down to were the gauges. He noticed he had no oil pressure. Yeah. And the fact that he had lost his oil somehow accounted for the sudden burst of power because... Didn't have all that oil to lug around anymore. <laughs> the engine didn't have to push that oil by making the pump work. The pump was still working, but it was not pumping oil. And for those few seconds that he sped by Krusty Crostini, mm -hmm. he if had more power because... He had lost his oil yeah. and didn't have to expend any of the engine's energy pumping the oil around, but he still had enough to keep the bearings from melting and the pistons from welding themselves to the cylinder walls. Maybe. But he realized it was only a matter of seconds yep. before destruction set in, and that's why he pulled in for a pit stop. Anyway, do we have a winner? Yes. The winner this week is Elizabeth Campbell from Chattanooga, Tennessee. And for knowing why Neil the Real Deal Scalapini lost to Cristoforo Crusty Crustini and having a correct answer selected at random, Elizabeth Campbell from Chattanooga, Tennessee, you will win a copy of our brand new CD, Compact Disc, that stands for. Yes. The Best of Car Talk. Revisited. The Best of Car Talk features several famous incidents in car talk history, including the foreign accent syndrome, Darlene and the case of the two boyfriends and the burping gas tank, as well as many, many others. So all that, all those, all those, Elizabeth, will be yours for being our puzzler winner this week. Congratulations to you. By the way, if you didn't win the puzzler and your station isn't offering the best of car talk as a way to get you to fork over a pledge, you can always get a copy by calling our shameless commerce division. The number there is 303 595 <laughs> 5905. And anyway, we have another new quasi-automotive puzzler coming up during the second half of the show today. So stay tuned for that. By the way, when I start reusing puzzlers, you know, yeah. will I have to say we have another vintage puzzler? <laughs> no, I think it's Encore. Encore. That's, that's, that's anyway, the term. Hello, oh, 1-800-332-9287. Hello, you're on Car Talk. My name's Jenny Donaldson. I'm calling from Nashville, Tennessee. Did you say Jenny or Ginny? Jenny, Virginia. For, oh, Ginny. Jenny! From, from Nash Nashville. Yeah. You know, my father's a MIT alumni. He is. In Atomics. No kidding. Mm-hmm. But, but that doesn't... So I'm not smart enough to figure out this problem I'm presenting to you guys. What, when did your father graduate from the Fine Institute? Probably 58, 57. 58. That's when I graduated. Oh, well, yeah? Tommy was class of 57, 58, 59. <laughs> no, that was Vito. <laughs> <laughs> it was 56, 57, and 58. Someplace in there. Yeah. We probably bumped into each other in the great halls. Yeah. Gee. Yeah, pool halls. It was in the basement. <laughs> Excellent. Hall. 
So, what's up, Ginny? Well, you know, I've got this green car, and my roommate has some horses, and I go out in the pasture with my car to get the horses, like everybody else does. But they liked my car, and they ate it. (laughs) $2,700 worth of damage, and they wouldn't eat anybody else's car. What the? (laughs) Did they eat the seats? They had their mouth on the stick shift. They got my purse out. They ate the, I had to replace the hood because they ate the paint off the hood, the rearview mirrors, the bumpers, the molding, the what? roof of the car. Horses? It under 3,000 miles on it when this happened. <laughs> horses eat mirrors? They what? I didn't know horses ate mirrors. They ate the plastic molding oh. around the mirrors. Boy, what? these must have been some hungry horses. <laughs> I mean, don't they feed them? What the hell do you expect <laughs> if you don't feed them? Eat good. But, I mean, how long did it take them to do this? About a half an hour. Where were you? I was riding. Ah. And my friend came up and she said, Jenny, you better come down to the pasture. Cause the horses <laughs> come are quick. Yeah, <laughs> down there. And they had six of them were around it, devouring it. I mean, they ate everything. No kidding. Yeah. I wish I had been smart and gotten a video camera and filmed it. Oh, I could have won $100,000 from America's Home Videos. <laughs> what kind of a car was this before I- the... A 95 Toyota Tercel, and it's leased. Oh, I thought it might have been a, mu- I thought it might have been a Mustang. <laughs> it le- it's leased. Actually, the lease probably doesn't say anything. This is not excess mileage. No. This is not, uh, you, you have not driven it under adverse conditions. Right. There probably is nothing in the contract that says you can't let a horse eat the car. <laughs> I would just turn it in at the end of the, of the, three, of the three years and see if they notice. <laughs> I thought it was a pretty good story. It was pretty Gee, amazing. That is a good story, but Jenny. Has is, is anyone put forth an explanation? I mean, horses don't usually eat. Well, we don't know about that. Most people drive into the fields with their pickup truck. We know horses don't eat pickups. Yeah, because my roommate has a pickup, and she goes in with it, and it's white, and they don't bother it. I, I think because it's green. You, thought, like you think they thought it was grass? Yeah, that's the only thing we can come up with. Stupid damn horses. Well, horses are not known for their intellect. Neither are we, but we don't eat cars. Well... <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, jeez. I know. Well, I, I guess someplace out there, there has to be some kind of horse expert, which there's probably a name for a horse expert, right? What do you call a horse expert? And, you know, uh, I was wondering if I should approach the manufacturer about this. Well, it would be interesting. Well, there's going to be somebody you can sue here. Yeah. Right? Definitely. <laughs> now right. you're talking. I mean, it clearly isn't your fault. I mean, you you know, if you, you, previous cars you've driven into the in, onto the fields right. and never had a car eaten before. Right. So that's that's one thing. So, yeah. you, you have so to, it's clearly Toyota's fault, <laughs> and you you got to sue them. I would make an immediate call, an immediate phone call to whatever sleazeball lawyers there are down there in Nashville. Uh, I'm sorry, that's, that oh, would be... Any lawyer would be a I didn't ball. say that, Nashville lawyers. <laughs> and there must be someone who's willing to take the case because my brother is right. This does not happen to cars. I mean, horses do not eat cars. Goats eat cars. <laughs> but horses don't. Quarter horses. Quarter horses. Mm. They eat quarters. <laughs> they ate quarter. That's what they, they call a quarter panel. Yeah, they ate the quarter panel. They ate the quarter panel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is very curious. I guess we have to find out from a veterinarian or some other horse kind of expert what makes horses eat cars. And yeah. then we'll decide who to sue, but it's got to be Toyota. You you hadn't... Uh, you How had- good a friend was this, the one who owns this, these horses? 
Well, there's 30 horses out in the pasture, and she had two of them boarded out there. Yeah. Is there any chance that there could have been uh, something on your car that attracted them? You know, horses love salt. Like, no. Tree sap, uh, bird droppings. Nothing, huh? No. Yeah, hay. <laughs> I just think it was green. Sugar. No, nothing. So there's nothing you can think of that would have that would have unduly attracted the horses. No, because other people have their cars parked out there, and they just don't go near them. They don't bother with them. Well, they were too busy eating yours. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't park it in there anymore. Well, well I don't blame you. Well, <laughs> I mean, we will we will put out an all points bulletin for anyone who knows anything about why this could have been. That's yeah. And well, it, you've it, done it, a public service, Ginny, by informing people that have horses and and visit them in the fields not to buy a green vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought you would appreciate that. I do appreciate it. I love a mystery, and this is a mystery. Yeah. So Most of the questions are. All right. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll let you know what we find out, Jenny. Hey, thanks a lot. And say hello to your father for me, whoever the hell he is. I will. He's in Idaho. He is? Yeah. I'm sure that we've crossed paths. I will. I'll tell him. Okay. Definitely. Bye-bye. 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 Don't move, because more calls and the new puzzler are coming right up. Support for NPR and the following message come from Betterment, an automated investing and savings app. CEO Sarah Levy shares why Betterment believes cash can be a strategic choice. There are times when the market is volatile, when customers are a little nervous about investing. We came to understand that there was an opportunity to introduce cash as part of an investing strategy and to give back yields to the customer. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. This message is brought to you by NPR sponsor, Progressive Insurance. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options within your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Bluehost. Try Bluehost Cloud, the hosting plan made for WordPress creators by WordPress experts. With 100% uptime, fast load times, and 24-7 support, your sites can handle high traffic spikes. Visit Bluehost.com. This message comes from Schwab. It's easy to invest in ideas you believe in with Schwab Investing themes, like online music and videos, artificial intelligence, and electric vehicles. Choose from over 40 customizable themes. More at schwab.com. Hi, we're back. You're listening to Car Talk on National Public Radio with us, Click and Clack, the Tappet Brothers, and we're here to discuss cars, car repair, and the Department of Chastisement Department. <laughs> I thought it was important to double up because we got a lot of mail chastising us on this one issue. Us or you? No, no, you're just as much involved in this. It has to do with, uh, I'll read, I gotta read portions of two little letters here. We listen to your advice on a fairly regular basis and usually find your wisdom to be unmatched. But in the case of the call from Justin from Washington, D.C., we feel that you led the poor man astray. 
Justin, as you remember, which we don't, had recently returned to the dating scene and to paraphrase his brother's advice, was looking to replace his four-wheel drive Subaru legacy with a Babe Magnet. Uh, I do remember making the correction. Your advice was to look into purchasing a Range Rover Discovery. I remember that, too. Land Rover. Land Rover Discovery. Whoa, we say. Whoa, we say. Whoa, we say. (laughs) In our area of the country, Range Rovers are seen as yuppie scummobiles, not meant to ever touch anything softer than asphalt. A poor choice in our eyes. What message is our friend Justin Justin trying to get across? Rugged outdoorsman or latte-sipping wingtipper? (laughs) Woo. So then this goes on and on. Now... Also, they they assumed that he, he would not be not be uh, portraying himself as a rugged outdoorsman mm. who likes to take long walks on the beach. You know exactly. Okay, sunset. And here's a similar <laughs> one from Olivia, who doesn't want to give us her last name, but she does tell us she's from North Salem, New York. Dear brothers, no, 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 no. This is powerful stuff. Seems that way. You got it all wrong when you were advising Justin on his bay bait dilemma. Justin, you may remember again is the non-lawyer, non-politician, non-doctor, non-balding, mustachioed healthcare guy from D.C. who wondered if he should give up his beloved Subaru legacy now that he's back on the dating scene. You foolishly advised him to spend his life savings on a Land Rover Discovery. Good thing you guys are in the car business and not the dating business. As an outdoor, athletic, smart, single woman in my mid-30s, the kind of and I quote, babe. <laughs> Sounds like she's making a pitch for old Justin. <laughs> Justin says he wants to find, I believe I can speak with authority on this issue. The last thing he needs is a Land Rover. Unless he's interested in an outdoor athletic smart woman who was primarily interested in status. Oh. Tell him to save his money. The rest of us find a Land Rover a turnoff. Wow, we're learning a lot here. In fact, he's got one of the best cars he could have. The Subaru Legacy Wagon being the official car of the conservation professionals across the country. And we are an outdoorsy, frequently smart, practical bunch. Let's turn instead to the most critical issue of all, which you jerks completely missed. The dog. (laughs) (laughs) The peculiar behavior of the dog. Leaving aside for the moment the all-important roof rack, which should be made by Thule or Yakima, and should at all times be prominently display, oh, should prominently display one mountain bike and one kayak, <laughs> no matter what kind of car he has, Justin's attention should be on the appearance and location of the dog. Yes. He said it was big. That's a good start. Hopefully it's a retriever of some sort. <laughs> but does it ride in the front seat? There is nothing that will get Justin more attention than a big, sweet, brown-eyed dog looking mournfully out the passenger window at the babe driving in the next car. When the prospect... Drooling onto the side of the door. (laughs) When the, quote, prospect takes the opportunity to appreciate the dog and then finds her gaze returned by Justin. Hey, it won't matter how much hair he does or does not have. If that doesn't work, just give Justin my address. Sincerely, Olivia. Well, this reminds me of a little story. <laughs> Our dear sister had, a, had a, a girlfriend, has a girlfriend who had a dog and would go to the playground or whatever where the dogs pooped. Yeah. And, and she happened to meet a nice fellow there who also had a dog who was pooping in the playground. Yeah. And their dogs hit it off immediately and, and so did they. 
Yeah. And they began conversing, and they met several times there. And she, of course, planned her her visits in the evening to to coincide with his, knowing that he was there at six thirty. She was there at six thirty yeah. as well. The hell with the dog's poop and, schedule, and right? At one point, uh, uh, they exchanged phone numbers, and she was <sighs> ecstatic. And several weeks went by after these these uh, continual uh, evening meetings, and he finally called, and he said, "Hi, uh, uh, I'm I have a uh, cottage in New Hampshire." And I'm planning to go up for the weekend. Uh, in my Subaru Legacy. In my Subaru Legacy with the with the kayak on the roof. <laughs> and, uh, and she said, yes, yes. Uh, it, it, awaiting the imminent, in, imminent invitation. He, he says, said, can I take your dog? would it be all right if your dog came along? <laughs> <laughs> he seems to get along so well with mine. <laughs> This is a true story. This is a true story. Who's this? I don't. I don't know. Even even if I knew, I wouldn't be at liberty to divulge for obvious reasons. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a true story. Anyway, with all that behind us, it's wait. I also have to thank Wade Austin for sending me an engraved little plaque that I can stick to my refrigerator. One of the famous quotes of the past several months: "No matter what it is, it's going to cost you two hundred dollars." If that's what it is, <laughs> we have to put. We All right, put that right up. Well, because you've squandered at least three quarters of the show reading letters of, of yeah, chastisement. They were good, weren't they, man? They were wonderful. <laughs> I find it necessary to to fall to, to go to the fallback position Short of a incredibly brief puzzler. Excellent. I mean, I had planned an elaborate, <laughs> complicated, convoluted, obfuscated, lengthy, deceptive. Brilliant! Oh, all those things. Yeah, and you're doing it all right now. (laughs) (laughs) Here it is. Okay, very brief. What foreign-made car is always found in neutral? That's it. If you think you know the answer, write it on a postcard or the back of a $20 bill and mail it to us. I can give no hints. No, and you shouldn't have to. Mail it to us at Puzzler Tower, Car Talk Plaza, Box 3500, Harvard Square, Cambridge. Our fair city. Ma, 02238. And if we choose your answer at random from among all of the correct answers and you catch us. Now, whether you catch us or not, we'll send you a copy of the Best of Car Talk on cassette or CD, whichever we have more of. Because we're trying to get rid of these before they fill up. <laughs> it's a million basement. seller, I understand. Oh, no, you've got a million in your seller. <laughs> yeah. If you'd like to call us, the number is 1-800-332-9287. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hi, this is Dave from Siloam Springs, Arkansas. How you guys doing? Good, Dave. Wh- from what springs? Siloam Springs. Siloam? Shalom. Shalom, Shalom Springs. It's very close. It's it's a friendly town. It's, it's something in the Bible, I was told. Oh. But I haven't been able to look it up yet. Shalom Springs is good enough for us. We Shalom like it. Shalom Springs where? Well, Arkansas. You know, Arkansas. There's Siloam Springs, there's Hot Springs, there's Eureka Springs. We're just springing all over Bed the place. Bed Springs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what's up, Dave? Well, I got a problem with, uh, I think it's a problem with anti-lock brakes. I've never owned a car that had anti-lock brakes before. Yeah. And uh, I can't seem to get any straight talk on, on if I, whether I've got a problem or anti-lock brakes. Or, oh, or don't just... get my brother started. I just want to warn you, Dave, before oh. you go too far afield here. I just want you to know. My brother has had a rant and rave stewing. There is... I'm just going to tell you this. There is a conspiracy afoot in the automotive industry today having to do with ABS. Oh, Once it's on my right. <laughs> so go ahead, Dave. Tell us your, you, Dave, you could be part of is the this book. Is a tale of woe slash and or intrigue? Yeah. We can call <laughs> the book The Roswell a, Story Part 3. You're not sucking me into an analog brake gate, <laughs> are you? No, no. <laughs> no, no. I'm serious about this. No, Tell no, me no. your story. Don't want those plumbers coming after me. <laughs> well, uh, last about, 
I guess last summer I bought a, uh, a program car. It was a uh, Mitsubishi Diamante. Uh, mm-hmm. looked like it was in real good shape, and uh, I knew the dealer. It was my brother. And he got me a, yeah. You should never do should business never. with your brother. <laughs> but he got me a good deal on it, and the car looked, yeah. looked like new, so it was well, pretty good. brother uh, told me that, too. Drove down to Texas to pick it up and got the car, drove back up to uh, to here. And after about 5,000 miles, I noticed that uh, running at high speeds, uh, <clears throat> say about 90 or higher on the expressways, when you uh, step on the brakes, the whole front end of the car just makes this horrendous noise. Uh, it vibrates. There's a bumping in it. I don't know if you guys have what we call washboard roads up in the east. Oh, oh no. no. Our roads are smooth <laughs> as a baby's butt up here. <laughs> anyway, if I hit the brakes, it doesn't matter if I'm on a turnpike or a country road or anything. I just get this shaking like I'm going over a washboard. And uh, my wife took it in to have it checked out. And uh, she was told that, well, yes, those anti-lock brakes do vibrate and shake. Oh, they didn't bother to road test it. I don't think they did. I don't really think they did. And I got out the owner's manual, and there's this kind of vague, uh, you know, they really won't say anything. just says, it'll feel different. Be careful when you're driving. Hold on to the wheel. Well, unfortunately, this does not qualify as as a... uh, Part of the conspiracy. Part of the conspiracy (laughs) theory. (laughs) We had Oliver Stone on hold, but... (laughs) We'll let him. We'll let him go now because it, there's there's no movie here. No, now what no. you have is warped disc rotors. We've discovered from Diamantes that we've seen in the shop that the front disc rotors tend to warp on these, hmm. like they do on a lot of other front wheel drive cars that have disc brakes. Yeah. And uh, the remedy is is either replacing the disc rotors or machining them on the vehicle oh, to take okay. out the warp. In fact, I had one just a couple of weeks ago. These things were warped. I couldn't believe how much they were warped. When I finally got the machine to the, where they were smooth again and not warped, they were, they were about on a sixteenth of an inch thick. <laughs> <laughs> it was just an exercise, you know. I had to end up replacing them, but but they could be very slightly warped so that you wouldn't notice it at low speeds. Yeah, the lower the speed, the better it feels. So at 60 yeah. miles an hour, you are getting some pulsing in the pedal and some shaking in the oh. wheel, but it's not enough to discern. <laughs> I think he said 90 miles well, an hour. Well, I'm saying it's 60. <laughs> no, I'm saying it's 60. The, the road from Dallas is real straight and flat. And, <laughs> and boring, huh? Yeah, boring. You could, you could really get going up yeah. there. Yeah, why were you slowing from 90? <laughs> oh, this, this camera I pulled in front of me a little too quick. <laughs> Take oh, it back yeah. to the dealership. Tell them to, to uh, put a dial indicator dial on the discs, okay. and they'll check them for what's called runout. And they'll find one or more of them is warped, and they'll machine them, and then you can slam on the brakes at 120, and you won't get any pulsing. Ooh, are they going to be happy to hear this? The car's still under warranty. No, I wouldn't tell them it happens at 90. Okay. <laughs> no, I would, I, would, I would not admit to 90. Exactly. Just say at highway speeds. And I'm not sure the road is covered under the warranty. Hmm, I'll have to look into that. They may not be, but it's not I that much not. money. It's only maybe only. I just wondered, they seem real reluctant to check it out the first time we took it in. They're just lazy sleaze balls from the automotive <laughs> industry. Yeah, were, I've heard y'all talk about the lazy sleaze balls. I would ask yeah. now, what questions should I ask as I go in? Because they ain't going to volunteer anything. You're on your own. Good luck, Dave. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks a lot for calling. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, you've squandered another perfectly good hour listening to Car Talk. I always do. Our steam producer is Doug, the subway fugitive. Not a slave to fashion, Berman. God, we know that. We do know that. Our associate producer and dean of the College of Auto Musicology is Ken Babyface Rogers. Our engineer and assistant producer is Jennifer Travel and Leisure Loeb. I like that, Travel and Leisure Loeb. It just kind of rolls off the tongue. Yeah, and she rolls out of here most, uh, almost every other day. <laughs> and our technical advisor is Mr. John Lawler. Our public opinion pollster is Paul Murky of Murky uh, Research. Who? John who? 
Paul Murky of Murky Research. John John Lawler. That's John, it. John Lawler. Just John Lawler. I saw a bulge under his coat. I think he's <laughs> armed today. You know, he's one of these guys. If he gets to the boiling point, he just might. He might just anything, go off the deep end. Anything could happen. Yeah. I mean, how and many you've... weeks in a row can you take this? John yeah. Sebastian, Mr. Height, Sweet Cheeks, Free Lunch, Trickle Toast, Who Lives, Donut Breath, Gigabyte, Make That Two Triple Cheeseburgers. Yeah. He's not going to take. You do that long. week after week. That Gigabyte, Two sudden, Triple Cheeseburgers, boom. Mr. Height, Sweet the guy Cheeks, explodes. Free Lunch, Trickle Toast, Who Lives. How many weeks in a row can you do <laughs> he that? Can't take it. Our literary critics are Ernest and Julia Hemingway, the manager of our employee refrigerator is Carmen Dating. Our director of congressional funding is Fred Knott. Our lighting supervisor is Chandelier. Our automotive registrar is Megan Model. Our director of country music. You know, by the way. We're not going to have an automotive registrar before long as soon as Governor as Weld soon as takes care of that. Wacko Weld, WW, takes care <laughs> You know, there really was a person named Chandelier? You know, Lear the, of the Lear Jet and Lear, the, the, yes. whoever the hell he is, he actually has a daughter named Shanda. Yes. The truth. It's the oh, truth. Oh, yes. If you had a name like Lear, wouldn't you name one of your children Shanda? I certainly would, but I'm a yeah. jerk. <laughs> You'd probably name two of them Shanda. <laughs> Our director of country music is Stan Byerman. Our fleet manager is Oscar De La Rental. Our director of nutritional supplements is Rose Hips. Our wardrobe is by Natalie Attired. And, of course, our chief counsel from the law firm of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe is you, Louis Dewey, known to the other turkeys in Harvard Square as you, Louis Dewey. We're clicking, clack, the tablet brothers. Thanks for listening, and don't drive like my brother. Don't drive like my brother. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye. If you want a copy of this week's Thinking Show or a copy of the Best of Car Talk cassette or CD, you can call our shameless commerce division at 303-595-5905. That number again is area code 303-595-5905. And this week's show is number 46. Car Talk is a production of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe and WBUR in Boston. Celebrating 25 years of radio excellence. What? 25? What about the eight years that we've been on? Celebrating 17 years of radio <laughs> excellence and eight years of programming on a par with CBS. <laughs> this is NPR National Public Radio. <laughs> this message comes from NPR sponsor, the NPR Wine Club. Get the world of wine delivered to your door. When you join the NPR Wine Club, you'll receive the stories behind every bottle and favorite NPR shows and personalities arriving in liquid form, like Weekend Edition Cabernet and Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Zinfandel. The NPR Wine Club is a delicious way to support NPR's programming. If you're 21 or older, uncork a special offer at nprwineclub.org podcast. Support for NPR and the following message come from Bombas. Bombas makes absurdly soft socks, underwear, and t-shirts. And for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com slash NPR and use code NPR. On Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we have very important people on our show and then ask them about very unimportant things. Here's U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. Uh, We are also reliably informed... That among your enthusiasms, in addition to macroeconomic policy, is mobile games. Uh, There is some truth in that. There's some truth in that. Join us for the NPR podcast that considers all the other things. That's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me.